0: Hey, everybody. I'm Peter, and I'm a depressed rancor. He just wants everyone to leave the Melu- Meluron fruit alone. It's Mike.
1: Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast that usually deep dives into Star Wars, and we still are. Yeah. I yeah. said usually because I was thinking we were still in Star Trek mode. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> I no, know. wait, we're in Star Wars mode. Which I is- know. I kind of want to talk to you about
0: the newest episode of Prodigy, but we are done with that limited series, so yeah, and we'll just not have to talk in yet. our private life. Yeah. Yeah, maluron is a weird word to say.
1: Maluron fruit. Time. Um, was there a maluron fruit in this?
0: There was. There was a little Rebels Easter egg when the, the when there was the car chase. He, yeah. he. the I figured, mayor's I fi- man, uh, runs into a stall of maluron fruit.
1: Yeah, I figure that chase was littered with... Easter eggs. Oh, I have yeah. not looked up Easter eggs, but I was just like, you know, I figured it was. Well, yeah. let's let's chat about this flippant episode. <clears throat> let's do it. And I
0: think we Excuse are me. probably going to get into some not fun stuff and some fun stuff. So, yeah, which one do both. you want to start with, Mike?
1: Um, ba-bong. let's let's. Well, I mean, because you've prefaced that usually you ask me, I'm going to ask you, Peter. What were you, what was your impression of this episode? Cause you process things. So how do you feel? Yes. I will say overall,
0: I am fine with this episode. It feels like a Bridger episode a
1: little bit, which was if if, if you're just joining us, some emotion, Peter, anything.
0: Oh, come on. I'm doing my mic impression. I
1: know. I'm just kidding.
0: Um, we've talked about this. If you're new and just checking out our Boba Fett thing, we, uh, Their bridge episodes, which we started to calling Bridger episodes after Ezra Bridger, that kind of were just, you know, they they kind of don't move the story forward that much for me. And that's kind of how I felt like this. Um, I will say I was pretty excited. And I think this is a good thing about how I'm feeling about the series overall. When I first looked at the runtime of this episode, I was kind of disappointed that it was shorter than last week. So I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get less book of Boba Fett, which is not where I thought I would be before this series started. Um, that being said, there's a lot of controversy around this episode that I think we'll get into that's maybe some of the, the f- not fun stuff. But overall, I thought it was fine. It was. It did, it, I don't know, there's some interesting things, there's some confusing things, It was just kind of like a, like a, okay, that happened. Yeah. Wonder what's happening next. How yeah, about you, Mike?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just, it was, it was a pretty 50-50 split this episode, maybe, maybe teetering a little further towards, um, I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it just towards like, this is a little too silly. It's, it kind of, or better. It's, it's kind of taking a backward step. Um, and it's almost doing the things that was worrying me about the show, which are, which we'll get into. Um, but there's still, uh, I don't know. I guess there's, I, have, I guess there's still hope that this turns out fine. Um,
0: yeah, I feel like yeah, we're beating around dig- it yeah, a little bit. Let's into it. let's get into the things that you were worried about. I'm interested in that, what you just said that there were things that you were maybe a little bit worried about that it's teetering there. So, so what what specifically are you talking about?
1: I think some of it's it's getting a little cheesy. Um, I mean, we'll just we'll just jump into the. The stuff that doesn't work for me, um, which is the gang of teenagers, mm-hmm. um, it felt like this. And I know I was saying this when you were in a group thread chat with me and our friend Dave, but it feels like it feels like this trope. It feels like both. It's too tropey. It's way too tropey. There was too many things on the nose in this episode, and the teenagers felt like a mix between Back to the Future. And the car, you know, and the car chasing was, like, kind of Corvette summer slash Back to the Future car chase. And it was just, like, so 80s inspired. It was, like, inspired by the time in which Star Wars was created rather than by the Star Wars inspirations. And I think it just didn't, it just really didn't work for me. It was it was like the the teenagers were too weirdly modern and too weirdly referential to the 80s which has kind of come back to some degree and it was just like the bright colors of the cars and their haircuts and their they just they they didn't feel like they belonged they felt like we pulled them out of a blade runner movie um and to put them on tatooine like maybe maybe it was a placement thing like i guess if we had encountered them on uh what's the city planet Coruscant. Uh, yeah, I guess if we had encountered them on Coruscant, I would have been like, "That's weird," but I guess it works in this setting. But to put them in this really gritty, grimy place, I'm like, "What are these teenagers doing?" The teenagers, I, the only teenagers I've seen are are Warmy, you know, or it's like loot mm-hmm. on the farm. So like this, just it feels out of place. So that was a long rant. How do you feel?
0: Yeah. So I will preface this to make it very clear that. I don't so far, those characters didn't necessarily work for me. I'm not over, like, I'm not super stoked on them, I will say. Yeah. That being said, I watched the episode and I wrote a note that I will share with you in a second, but then later heard about all the controversy around it and I was pretty shocked. Um, because I've, I've been trying to not get in the general discourse before I process my feelings about this episode. But I was just getting headlines about, like, actors from Book of Boba Fett. They, they acknowledge the controversy around biker gang. And I'm like, what controversy? Like, did something really crazy happen with them? And then it was just like, oh, people don't like the bikes and they don't like their style. And I'm like, that's the controversy that, like, the actors need to be quoted on? Um, that seemed really odd to me. And so... The interesting thing is I could see the eighties influence that you're saying. That is not how I saw it at all. I saw it as a fifties influence. And the note that I wrote is I doubt very much that George Lucas is watching, but if he did, nothing would make him hornier than these bright or a hot rod bikes. Like it felt super George Lucas to me. And yeah. I think the, um, the Coruscant thing you said is really, really interesting because I think that's how I kind of processed it too. It didn't, fit on Tatooine and there's some headcanon I've kind of gotten through that I think would be interesting if it went this way, but I don't know if they ever will. Um But it did feel like Coruscant. It felt like 50s, uh American Graffiti, George Lucas, like that all felt within Star Wars, but not in... Tatooine, And so if there's a reason they're on Tatooine like this, I think that might be interesting. So what I was kind of thinking about is you mentioned Wormy, you know, Luke was called Wormy and there's deleted scenes with, uh, I forgot their names, but there's the two, his two friends that made fun of him at Toshi station. And there are all these like disaffected youths that just hated being in on Tatooine. And what it really reminded me of is something that I think you and I relate to are being punks in the suburbs. Like, these are teenagers that are probably have the same vibe. They're just like being punk, like jerk teenagers. Like, I hate living on Tatooine. I can't wait till I leave. And like, maybe they're looking toward the style of like some punk or badass gangs on Coruscant, like who they think are cool. And they're trying to style themselves as like some sort of gang and bad boys on Tatooine, but they really have more, you know, bark than their bite until. Boba Fett kind of brings them into the gang. And so, like, I I do think there was, like, I saw it and I was like, ah, eh, that's weird. I don't know if I would have made that choice. It's not kind of what I want. But, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not offended by it in the way that some mm. other people seem to be. I'm not saying you are offended by it.
1: I think I am offended by it. All right. <laughs> then I just didn't want to speak for you. Uh, I'm yeah. not
0: I'm not offended by it. And I think, like, it's, I don't know, weird I, style choice, but not anything that I'm, like,
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think what offends me is not them, but it's, I think you just laid out some really good rationale of why it works. But a casual viewer does not have that source knowledge or that historical, like you had to, I I, I hope I'm not pulling apart too much what you said, but Mm -hmm. you really had to reach back into some deep knowledge and come up with a really good reason why that works for me. But what I'm wondering is when you just watched it without being overly intellectual or just did you, did you enjoy it? Not did you, did it make sense in the headcanon, but did you just enjoy seeing these people in this place and setting? Did it work for you on a pure enjoyment standpoint?
0: Uh, Are you talking about the style of them? Everything Uh, about them, the biker game. Did you enjoy it? I guess my, I think the feeling I'm trying to convey is like it, didn't work for me, but like it wouldn't have worked for me if they looked exactly like they fit on Tatooine. Like it's just the whole like moody teenagers and the, yeah. that chase scene at the end. Like I don't care what color their bikes are, I don't care what they're wearing, like I don't care about their haircuts. Like that whole thing wouldn't have worked for me, even if it was like a bunch of Jedi on speeder bikes or something like that, like characters that I do like. And so I think it just didn't work for me on its face and i'm not necessarily focused on the style of them and that part didn't necessarily offend me if anything it made me curious like you're right that i have a little bit of knowledge to it but i'm i'm interested in the people who see something and instead of saying like huh that's weird i wonder what's up with that they say like huh that's weird that's not star wars (laughs) and like I'm not again not speaking for you but i have seen that a lot in the discourse and i'm just like I don't, I don't know, just like, let's see what it's about. Like, this yeah. is an evolving story, and I'm, I'm, I'm just a little bit interested in the people who have just made a judgment about it now. Because, yeah, there is some deep knowledge behind there, but, you know, two lines in the next episode could explain something cool about their backstory that kind of makes it all fall into place.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, possibly. Um, and I get that, and I, I, I like how thoughtful you're being about it. Um, and it's not that this isn't Star Wars. It's that. And I, I'm, it's like I, I'm, I'm not a fan of, like, the negativity of, like, trashing everything. I just mm-hmm. don't find any enjoyment there. But I, I will side with, not side with, but, like, uh, just agree with, like, something about it just didn't work. And I think that's okay for this show to fail at something. And it doesn't mean it's lost me as a viewer, but... It, the whole thing about them didn't work. And I will say that I do think part of the reason is their haircut is their, the color of their bikes is what they're wearing. It's the moody teenager thing. Yeah. That's that, that may have not set them up well, but Luke was a moody teenager who was set up well and worked out in the end. And Ezra Bridger is a moody teenager who was set up and worked out in the end. Like, and I think they were set up well and they weren't so, so shocking when you see them. But I, I think there is just like a polarity they bring, an inherent polarity they, they bring based on actually how they're sty- not how they look, but how they're styled and how they are positioned by the creators of this show. Um, yeah, and maybe that's all I'll say because I don't want this to be yeah. able to back and forth on these two.
0: No, movies, it's okay. But... And fair enough. I think that's why I didn't want to speak to you. I, I know you're not a fan of the negativity and that this isn't Star Wars conversation. I think we're both in line with that. If it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you. And I think that's fine. If it didn't work for other people, I, uh, you know, it just, I think Ezra Bridger is a good example and maybe goes to kind of what I'm feeling is like, Ezra didn't work for a lot of people when you first saw him like the first episode of of Rebels a lot of people were like who's this Ezra dude what's with his stupid purple hair and his orange jumpsuit and like we've seen in Rebels probably this exact scene with speeders going through a market and knocking fruit all over the place and like that didn't work for me either and so like I think I'm more just wait and see. Um, yeah, and the cool. last thing I think I want to say about it is I, I mentioned that the, fan, that the the actors had to release a statement, which seemed dramatic to me. Um, but Mignol Wen said something very well that I think goes to what I was saying in regards to. George Lucas. So she plays Fennec Shand, if you don't know. And she said, This is a real homage to the things that the creator George Lucas always loved, whether it was the mods in the 60s or Lucas's Hot Rod film, American Graffiti, at the time. And it lends itself to learning more about Tatooine. And so that's kind of how I got it. And I'm interested to see where it goes because, yeah, it could really be dumb, but the jury's out for me.
1: Okay, fair. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Yeah. Um, and related to this, I, I mean, I don't think we have a lot of thoughts about it, but there's an even stupider controversy about these people. Have you heard about Zippergate?
1: No. And I, do you know what? I, I don't engage in news because it just like media, pop culture news. I just don't even engage. I just, yeah. This I one
0: just, yeah. is so silly to me. And I think you'll find it funny. People are mad that they have zippers on their jacket because they're saying Ralph McQuarrie said that there shouldn't be zippers in star
1: Wars. I do remember that was a big thing. And we've even talked about that in the past on, on rebels, I believe.
0: Yeah. Which is actually a funny thing too, because when I was reading about it, they should, they, (laughs) I saw a tweet where someone put a, put a clip of Luke Skywalker zipping up his jacket in a Empire Strikes back. And so, you know, not that hard of faster rule, but evidently some people are very upset. There are zippers on their, their jackets. Um, I could, and that's not star Wars, but
1: that's, that's silly crossing the line. Yeah. That's, that's That's, very silly to me. That that comes from a place of elitism though, of like, I know more than you. Like that's silly. I mean, and not to go back to it, but I'm, it's interesting to watch this, these episodes with my wife, who's not a hardcore star Wars fan. I wouldn't even call her a star Wars fan, but she's really been enjoying the book of Boba Fett. And this episode just kind of, she, she stopped watching at one point. She was just like, i am not." Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. This was, I would say the weakest of the episodes so far. And you know, I don't blame anyone if, if, the gang didn't work for them. Yeah.
1: And it was um, sadly and I hope we will move on to what was great soon, but it wasn't the only thing that didn't work about this episode for me. Um, yeah, fair enough. What what else do you want to throw out there? Well, I mean, we've kind of we've kind of coupled them together, which is fine I think, but it was both the the biker gang and the whole chase scene. Um yeah. the whole chase scene was kind of it was such a trope. There were so many mm-hmm. tropes on them that it felt so clearly like an homage that you couldn't. I couldn't see past that the kind of bootlicking of George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, and aside from like it was overly homagey and overly tropey, like we've seen a car go through a painting a billion times, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it wasn't even funny that it was like Jabba or like some hut, but it's, it's also that it just felt really stiff. And I think they were, that was part of the homage, but it just felt so mechanical. Like there was no fluidity in the movements of the speeder or the bikes. And that was really odd to me and mm-hmm. felt like eight bit video gaming in a way that didn't work.
0: Yeah, I have a, I have an Easter egg having to do with that painting that the person goes through that you're gonna
1: hate. Yeah, <laughs> so that painting is literally Ralph McQuarrie painting.
0: Yep, it literally is a Ralph McQuarrie painting, like. They, it's a concept painting of Jabba the Hutt, and so they just have to force Ralph McQuarrie into everything there. Yeah, It's a big Star Wars trope, and it goes to exactly what you're saying, and I agree. I think that bugged me, honestly, more than the stylistic thing. I think what bugged me the most about the chase is, yeah, one, it wasn't exciting. It takes a lot for me to actually think a chase scene is cool. Yeah. It's just not something that plays well with me. Um, and we've seen it, like you said, and it, it felt very Indiana Jones, very cartoony, So Back to the Future. Yeah, Back to the Future. The thing, though, that I think was extra... I could see what they were going for, and it looks like in the original series, the speeder bikes, I think, were on wires, or not the speeder bikes, but, but... Oh, they're on wheels. Yeah, they're on. Luke's they just, speeder they was just on take wheels. Them out. Yep. Yeah. Okay, you're right. That's how it is. Kind of like a Hot Wheel, and so that's why it kind of moves, kind of stiff, and in, in a New Hope, yeah. and isn't like really that fast, except for the scene where they do a composite, and it's not even. It's like a miniature. Yeah. And so I think they're like, oh, well, he's in a speeder like Luke had, so let's use the same style yeah. for that, and then they do the same thing with the bikes so, and. Yeah. Which so I it's I knew
1: what tra- was happening
0: exactly. They're trying to like recapture this quote unquote magic from a new hope, but it just comes off as slow, yeah. boring, stiff, like you said, like it was a very slow speed chase at any mm-hmm. point. I was like, why don't they just get off the bike and like run beside it <laughs> like mm-hmm. it just seemed yeah not exciting, and I think it just didn't it that didn't work for me at all
1: yeah i i it's this is so this is so interesting. We so rarely don't like. I mean, I so rarely, I don't want to speak for you, so rarely don't enjoy live action Star Wars stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I watched this episode twice because I was so kind of befuddled. I was like, no, I, I got to rewatch that. Like I, um, and I was like, yeah, it just doesn't work. It just didn't work for me. And that's okay. And that, that doesn't mean I hate Boba Fett. There are still some real redeeming qualities, um, that we're going to get to. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, do you have anything more to say about the chase before we move on?
0: I don't have anything more to say about the chase. What I do have to say is going back to some of the, and now I kind of understand what you said about the things we were worried about going into it. We were worried it was just going to be an homage fast and just like, mm-hmm. Hey, look at that thing. Look at that thing you liked. Look at that thing you liked. Yeah. And so another thing that stuck out to me, and it's a very small thing, although I thought, the little creepy spider with a jar head thing, the barbar
1: monks. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, that was good. That okay. was really good.
0: I thought that was good as well. Um Because that's so, such
1: a deep cut.
0: It is a and deep cut. Besides
1: so. it being such a deep cut that they once inhabited Jabba's palace, it's also just cool. It also just looked cool. We've never seen it in live action. Yeah,
0: it looked really I thought well, I thought we did see it in, oh, did uh, we? in oh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's,
1: but you didn't see them alive. You kind of saw Yeah, I thought it was like like,
0: just walking across like you saw its silhouette, kind of like walking uh, across when the door was closing. I might be be forgetting exactly. But yeah, we do see it at some point, but we don't get a clear picture. So I did think it was very cool to see these. And canonically, they're really fun. They're called... Burmar Order
1: monks. So cool. I love these.
0: Yeah, they're like members of their order give up their physical bodies to become droids free of sensation and capable of living extended lives as brains alone. And so they're like brains in a jar with a spider body. So wild. made that choice for religious reasons. And they used to live in Jabba's Palace, like you said. And so it's a weird, creepy cut. And so what I was going for is saying like I saw that and it's like oh those things are cool. I'm, oh this is cool that we could see that really close up and like, it's, again if even if you're not a big you don't know the history of those things you probably saw it and were just like oh that's a cool creepy spider. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like they had two or three of those kind of cutscenes where it goes from something else and you just yeah, see a wide shot of Jabba's palace and then some weird Jabba-esque thing and it just got sillier and sillier getting to the the frog eating something and then burping, which I feel like is exactly cut from the special edition. Yeah. And it's just like, they're now yeah. just recycling bad jokes from the special edition. And it got, it kind of soured the thing for me a little bit.
1: It's funny. You noticed that. Cause I was mm-hmm. just like, Oh no. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So a lot of references and yeah, we were worried about that coming in. It's just the, Hey, look at that thing. You know, we saw the character. What's her name from, uh, from the Mandalorian, the quirky mechanic that I'm not a fan of.
1: Oh, Amy Sedaris.
0: Yeah, Amy Sedaris is like randomly walking down a hallway oh, I didn't, at one I point.
1: Didn't
0: see her. Okay. Yeah, just like a lot of stuff like that that it, it, that got a little old, and so I'm
1: Weird.
0: I don't know who I'm going to look it up while you while you say your next point, but I don't know who directed this episode, and I will just say that I'm a little bit surprised based on how stoked we were on the direction of the last episode specifically. Yeah, um, it, it well, seems like a step backwards to me.
1: Yeah. Well, this episode opens really well. Um, and I quite like the, one of my favorite shots is it kind of in the beginning when Boba, I mean, yeah. When Boba has a memory of <clears throat> his father, Django leaving the planet, <clears throat> you know, to do who knows what, uh, some kind of bounty or some kind of job. Then you see the slave one, his ship take off from, um, Camino, And it's just this really cool scene that, like, it it does what Boba Fett has been doing well, which is real subtle. We say it like indie drama-like storytelling of, like, slow motion, the rain's coming down, you know, Boba gets out of bed, he sees his father Jango ship leave, it's all in slow motion. It's, like, it's dripping with emotion, uh, but there's nothing said, and it's just the wonderful visual storytelling, which is which is what I'm loving about Boba Fett. But then you parallel with that, with like the on the nose, overt storytelling of we're, you know, we're kids, we're disillusioned, there's no mm-hmm. work here. Like we're in a gang, we, you know, and, and that stuff. It's so that parallel was so odd between the things that are so good and the things that just don't work well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say so. I did look it up and to finish this point, this episode. Which we haven't said is called The Streets of Moss Espa.
1: Oh boy. Um, oh, yeah, was, that's right. Yeah. It is what it was called. I remember seeing that and being a little worried.
0: Yeah. It was directed by Robert Rodriguez, which I'm kind of surprised because I generally I feel like he's a good action director. And so it's weird that the action was so stiff and awkward in this episode. Um, but yeah, to your point, I think the things that I did kind of like and there were aspects actually of the street gang that I did like this opening where, you know, office space guy comes and, and is like, um, you know, there, there, there's all this gangs that are causing trouble and we need to take them out. And I like the fact that they're disillusioned. They don't have work. And I like that. We fleshed out kind of how there's different quarters led by different families that was set up by, You know, Bib Fortuna, like, some of that history and background was kind of interesting, and I do like the fact that if he does want to rule with respect and some sort of sense of justice, which I feel like is the vibe he's going for instead of just being a mean crime lord, then instead of just beating the ass of the teenagers because some guy asked him to, he figures out what's going on and gives them work and... It I thought that was an interesting dynamic and it does kind of go back to what I was saying about, you know, the suburban punks. You know, I think we've known a lot of people in our lives and we've been those people in our lives who just hated the town we grew up in and our li- we had a lot of nice stuff and like we lived in a nice town and things like that but we were just disillusioned with where we were so we kind of got rebellious and got silly hair and Bought our jean jackets and our spiked necklaces and things like that, and wore eyeliner in my case, and tried to be like some badass at the Stone Ridge Mall. And that's kind of the vibe I was getting from this in a way that felt a little bit, a little bit real to me. Mm. And I hope that that's reconciled with like, you know, they're putting on a front. Why are they putting on a front and kind of exploring that? That could be some very interesting storytelling. Or it could be really bad, but I, I don't. I don't necessarily want to get back into the gang again. I would yeah. just say that originally it worked for me, basically up until the point of the
1: chase. Yeah, that's interesting. I see. That's it's interesting that works for you for those like kind of reasons that you can identify with. Because I feel like, and I've said this before, Star Wars is so much more of an escapism for me that mm. being able to identify with a character on the nose like that of like, oh, I've. You know, you can high-level identify with characters and kind of underlying emotions identify with them, but to be able to identify with a character in Star Wars, to be able to be like, oh, yeah, they're like a mall rat who is like... You know, Mm uh, that is like an identification altitude. I don't want to fly at (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's just the, it was an altitude problem for me. I'm like, I, I, am down to identify with like the angst and, you know, growing Mm -hmm. up disillusioned, but I feel like I, I feel like the right altitude for that is kind of Luke Skywalker in the beginning of a new hope. Like you can, I, you can still identify with like wanting to be with your friends and wanting to get out of your town. And not have to go so overt with it, yeah, fair enough.
0: Um some of the things that I thought were interesting, I mean, we did learn a little bit more about the biker gang and what that j l kind of insignia was. Um, and we learned about some of the different fractions in tatooine. I'm maybe I am a little bit more sour on this episode than. I originally thought
1: because yeah, I'm I hope back, I'm not, I hope I'm not turning you there. But.
0: No, no, no. It's okay. Like it's, I didn't. Yeah. I, I'm maybe I'm still parsing my feelings. I think something else that was a little awkward for me is we really wanted to see more of this palace intrigue and warring kind of crime families and learn about that. And I feel like the, the hut thing being a fake out was handled a little awkwardly as well. Um, uh, yeah, just the fact that they showed up and they seem to be such a big, scary, kind of I don't know, just like something to be dealt with, and then they're just like, oh, never mind, psych. we were wrong
1: yeah. here's a here's
0: a rancor, <laughs>
1: like yeah, well, they're they're noticing, yeah, the whole thing of like, oh, actually, a bigger batter thing is going on, so we're out, yeah, ah, and like didn't not work for me, but.
0: I yeah. guess, am I interpreting it right? I want to know if this is how, how it... What it meant to you. So they said they were lied to and seemed to point the finger at the mayor. And so when Boba first goes to see the mayor, he... The mayor says that the Hutts sent the assassins. Mm-hmm. And the huts come and make a big show, so it looks like they're the big bats. And then... The assassination attempt happens with Black Chrysanthemum.
1: Oh, the best
0: character! Yeah, I thought that was actually pretty fun, and it was kind of cool to see like a Wookiee actually do some badass stuff. Because you know, Chewbacca is very scary, but we don't actually we see a lot of threats from Chewbacca, but we don't see a lot from him. And so this kind of thing was kind of fun to see. Um, And I thought it was kind of a nice thing, like a prisoner exchange—you kind of trap him. I thought that was all handled pretty well. Um, But then, so my new understanding is that they make the exchange. The huts are like the mayor lied to us and you, he's actually the big bad and he's working with the Pike syndicate.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. Or it's hard to believe that the mayor is the big bad. It seems like they were alluding to a big bad behind him and the mayor got scared and was like, okay, I'm um, tell me what you want me to do. I'll, I'll come home kind of thing. And, Okay. They're going to, he's going to be a pup. He's like their puppet. They don't yeah, think the mayor enough. is the big bad. I think it's just simply like, a um, we're going to find out who that big bad is. You know, it's it, you know, I think, I don't know. I'm still, I still think it's could be likely it's Kira. Um, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I agree with you. I think I'm just, the flashbacks are kind of confusing too. Cause yeah. the Nikto sure. gang, the speeder bike gang with the JL logo are the ones that yeah. killed the Raiders. And the Pikes sent Boba Fett after that gang. And so.
1: It's a little sloppy.
0: It is a little sloppy. I think th- what we're supposed to understand is just that the Pikes are manipulating everyone yeah. behind yeah. the scenes. And exactly. then maybe there's someone behind
1: the Pikes. They're the Sheaves. Okay. All right. Oh, shit. What if the. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. What, oh what if, no. Oh, no. He's what if back. A oh, no.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. That would be. Um, that would that would
0: ruin it for me. I'd, that would be enough for me to just be like, nope, F this series. All the good stuff I said about it, nope,
1: done. Yeah, I know. They, there's, I'm trying to kind of figure out what else wasn't working because there was a couple things that weren't working about. Well, I know. I, I actually think we hit the big beats, but mm-hmm. um, I will say I love that the, they say that the Queen, the uh, Witches of Dathomir once rode the horse. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh, my God, please, like some of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. How do we get the Witches of Dathomir in here? Yeah. Which that. is like, which uh, part of me was wondering, like, are they laying track for like possibly seeing someone there? Like we know at this point, supposedly Maul is dead, killed by mm-hmm. Kenobi. But like, I don't know. Is what happened to Asajj Ventress? I can't remember.
0: Yeah, I don't remember either. But that would be very cool. I I caught on that as well. That was one of the Easter eggs that I was going to bring up about being very cool. Just, again, bringing anything weird into Star Wars would be awesome. And I hope this is laying some groundwork to get get a witch in some live action story. I think that would be incredible.
1: Yeah. Well, the fact that we got Black, what's his? Black Chrysanthemum. I might
0: even be wrong, but that's how I say it.
1: Yeah, I like it. Um, that was That's a big deal. Yeah, um, definitely.
0: And I'll say related to that, that the Rancor stuff actually worked for me quite a bit. Um, I like... And it, I see it as almost an allegory for Boba Fett. You know? I like this idea. It's like, oh, they're raised to be fighters and people just think they're mindless, murderous creatures, but they're actually really sweet and they can be very loving if they're raised in a certain way and we see that you know there's all this time even me i'm looking at it and it says danny trejo which is always fun casting says like they will imprint on the first person they see and so in my mind i'm like well there's two people in there what happens if he imprints on boba and then just eats danny trejo like that's what that monster would do because i have some of that bias from the movies and things like that and so they're fleshing out just like they did with the tuscan raiders and i think how they're trying to do with boba fett they're fleshing out a more nuanced view of these quote-unquote bad guys and i thought that was that was nice and that that pulled in me and made my heart hurt that that poor little rancor was so sad yeah and i hope he's i hope he's treated well
1: yeah, I, I know we both read the uh, from a certain point of view, but we have yeah. a rank, we have the story of the whatever what's the original Rancor keeper's name? Um Malakili. Yeah, Malakili. We we get his story. Yeah. Um and you know, it's so supposedly there are more, you know. The, pretty much what Danny Tray like what he said is exactly what we kind of got from that movie or that yeah, book. Totally.
0: And then I also like the uh the last note of that scene with the with the rancor and the huts is when he releases black chrysanthemum. I do like that he can relate to him on the level of a bounty hunter. He's almost been, it's almost been scorned for being a bounty hunter be like, you're yeah. not a crime Lord. You're, you're just some bounty hunter. But I do like that. He's like, you can see an understanding when he releases him, where he's like, "Hey, take it as an ex bounty hunter." Don't he calls him like Scug bags or something like that? Yeah. Don't work for Scug bags or whatever. And he gets an understanding on a professional level that I thought was kind of fun and cool. Um, so I thought that yeah. was a nice piece of writing there.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: Yeah, I do want to bring up a question that I. I I raised last episode because I didn't have, have an answer, and I kind of read it a little bit about just what the whole Hut's whole deal is canonically, why uh, people yeah. are scared of them, and I th- I found some interesting stuff. I don't know if you have any opening thoughts about how you feel about the Huts in general and their whole organization and vibe.
1: No, you I, more more questions than than thoughts. So go for it.
0: Yeah, and we actually got a a pretty fun message from someone on Instagram saying that that's something that they've also um, been wrestling with a little bit and they watch with their dad. Um, I'll make sure to shout them out at the end of the episode because they said some other fun stuff. But um, it's this idea of just why are these immobile, fat space slugs so scary to everyone? And I think the allegory you need to think about is the real-life mafia. The head of the crime crime family is rarely someone who's actually that scary. Look at the Godfather. You know, Don Corleone is just a fat old dude who talks weird <laughs> and like you know, if if you you could probably take him out pretty easily. Um, but the thing about the Huts is that they live extremely long, which I didn't know. And so I guess when they're young, they are actually pretty mobile. And they're pretty strong. They're also notoriously hard to kill. So you you have to take them out with a bunch of uh, blaster bolts to even get through their thick hide. And so they're hard to kill. And they're pretty fearsome when they're young. But they very quickly grow to be pretty immobile and have to be carried around and things like that. And so the idea is if if you've lived for hundreds and hundreds of years, you can just accumulate vast wealth and buy influence and power. And so it's less of a physical force but they just have such organization that you're not necessarily scared of the person at the top of the family, you're scared of what it means if you cross them because if someone's a quote-unquote made person like in the mob, there's this idea of being a made man, that means if anything bad happens to you, then the entire family is coming after you. And the huts have essentially been able to do that to a scale where I didn't know this, but hut space is completely out of any mm. Republic control or Empire control. They're completely independent because both, they're the one force in the galaxy that the Republic and the Empire can't control mm. because you cross one hut. And that's why I think jo, uh, Boba in the beginning said, well, we need permission to take them out. Because if you don't have permission and you take out a hut, you are going to have, your life will end very shortly because they have so many people in their payroll, so many people in their organization that will just destroy you Mm. and so that's never really fleshed out but i think that's some interesting context here and i do think that fleshes out a little bit about kind of makes me appreciate how boba almost dodged a bullet you know when the huts say oh we made a mistake we're going back there's not really any reason for them to deceive boba fett because if yeah. they said no, we're taking it. They're just going to take it. <laughs> so yeah. th- it seems like they're actually going back, and he kind of dodged a bullet in, a, in an interesting way.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I've n- I never read that as like a dual deception. <laughs> like, yeah, it's going to be a switch and bait moment. I, I I think I think we were at the point of um, uh, kind of deception fatigue, and if we do any more, it's it, it, mm-hmm. the story's going to lose credibility. You know, I think we've done. Yeah there's too much double cross i mean the the right enough double crossing i'll say has gone on mm-hmm. and if any more go- goes on then you're just going to lose the viewers trust because everyone you're like well i don't know they could be telling the truth like there has to be some truth only so often can your characters lie before they're no longer a reliable you know mouthpiece yeah. in your in your tale yep absolutely
0: um, a couple other Easter eggs I saw just a shout out before we, um, before I close out because I don't have a lot of other thoughts about the actual episode is the Pikes arrive on a Starliner and they say um, that it is a Star Cruiser. So this is a tie to the Galactic Star Cruiser, which is the new Disney hotel that oh, is yeah. being built <laughs> um, again. Not stoked you, on for that. How, for how much in it? It's insane. And there's actually a lot of controversy with that because tons of people are canceling their reservations based on how much it costs. And they've released some footage. And evidently they are not meeting the quality standards that they originally said they would. So people aren't feeling like they're getting their money's worth for that galactic star cruiser experience. Um, but yeah, I think it's for a family of four for two nights, it's something like eight thousand dollars. <laughs> and that's not including like plane. Plane tickets and stuff like that. Silly, yeah. So um, this was, yeah, this was a tie-in to that. Um, Oh no. Also, the we we were we didn't mention it, but we were in Moss Eisley this time. We've been doing a lot of uh, stuff in Moss Espa. So this is the original Tatooine city that, and that's why we saw Amy Sedaris' character. That's where she lives in the Mandalorian. We've seen it a couple times. Um, and then the last thing. As we mentioned it, but Maluron fruit are mango-like fruits that were oh, uh, featured heavily in Star Wars heavily. Rebels. There were a lot of fruit-based <laughs> plots in that in that episode, or in that series. And so this is them in live action, and so that's a little Easter egg for us uh, Rebel heads.
1: Yeah, well, I figured that chasing was laden with stuff. I didn't yeah. care to pick through it, so thank you.
0: Do you have any other thoughts about this episode, Mike?
1: No, just that, um, I'm hope I'm still, I'm still interested. I'm still ready. I'm still watching. I, um, I'm ready for some originality and less homage cause it's, I'm yeah. getting homage fatigue.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little nervous. I will say too, cause you know, it ends with the star Cruiser and all the pikes coming off and says they're going to war and Boba's like, we will be ready. Okay. And so, we have. I'm like, how are you
1: going to be ready? It's just you and Fennec Shannon for like teenagers.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how I how I felt. And the other thing too is, I mean, we didn't mention it, but let's pour one out for our Tuscan Raider family. I think oh, I was surprised that that happened.
1: Oh well, let's and actually. I'm I don't glad know you brought it
0: up. necessarily how that landed with me. How did it land with you, Mike?
1: Uh, it was. I didn't see it coming, but I think I still have a theory. And it plays into it that I think I'll start from kind of the top. My biggest, my, my, the most salient question I have is what is Boba Fett's motivation to even wanting to be a crime Lord? Because we don't have any, we have no motivation. And so what everyone just wants to be a crime Lord. Why did he want to take over? What, what about his past and all these flashbacks is going to tell us, why he's doing this. Cause we need that for this whole thing to work. And I think it's okay to not give it to us right now. And one of the things I think could make it work. And I think one of the things that possibly the Tuscan Raider raid set up was that mm-hmm. um he is doing this to kind of give the natives their home back. And they could be, and we've talked about this a ton. Um, they could be his motivation for, you know, reclaiming Tatooine for, you know, its people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely true. And I think, I hope they flesh it out as well. They're, they're alluding to it. Like you say, with the flashbacks, what I was reading from the flashbacks, something kind of interesting and why maybe he's trying to create this motley crew of people around him is that he's never really had a family. You know, he's always been driven by avenging the death of his father. And that was almost taken away from him because his father was killed by, um, oh my gosh, I'm having a brain fart, by Mace Samuel Wendell? Jackson's character. Yeah, Mace Windu. Um, I forgot his
1: name. Mace Windu. But,
0: yes, Mace Windu, thank you. Was Mace Windu was killed by Sheev, And so he never really got the revenge he wanted that we saw in Clone Wars. He was trying to get. He tried to assassinate Mace Windu a bunch of times. And so once that's kind of done, and I don't know, he kind of is unceremoniously (laughs) discarded in a rancor or in a sarlacc mouth, maybe he's in his old age just being like, how do I kind of create the family I want to be a part of? And. He's being, I don't know, he's hanging out with Ming-Na Wen and Fennec Shand and trying to take these youngsters under his wing. And I think that could be interesting, but Uh I don't really know why he has to do that as a crime lord. So yeah, I hope that gets, that gets, uh, yeah,
1: it's an interesting motivation to be to, to tell him why he's going about it the way he is. But yeah, to your point, it doesn't explain, but then why do you want to be a crime lord? Yeah. What's the end game? What's the end game there? Because I don't know what the end game is. Is it just sit on the throne and be like, dope? Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know. Um, I am looking at... Well, I'm looking at an article that has the leaked names of the episodes. Um, But looking through episodes one through three, they were wrong about those. So they say episode four will be called Battleground, which is uh, what I'm expecting next episode to be. And so we only have seven episodes in this series i'm really interested to see how it closes out and what next episode will be because i'm a little bit pessimistic yeah. um also i just want to shout out i said i'd say at last i want to look up who this actor was joanna bennett played the tuscan warrior um and she was a badass and i think oh yeah she did such a good job and so pour one out for her too i just wanted to make sure i circled back and gave her credit um now that i checked that out too Nice. Do you have any other Book of Boba Fett thoughts, Mike?
1: That's about it. That's about it. Put a bow on it. Yeah. Put a Boba Fett on
0: it. It's a little bit cooler on this one, and I am waiting to see. Um, Before we go out, I did want to shout out who I talked about. Debbie Discord um, messaged us on Instagram saying that they were talking about they were trying to consider the HUT problem as well and have been listening to our Book of Boba Fett talk and thought that was something pretty fun that we brought up. And so thank you for reaching out. It was really nice. Um, she's also been watching Star, Star Trek Prodigy and Lower Decks after we talked oh, about yes. it, which makes me so happy. And she is super into Lower Decks and likes Prodigy quite as quite a bit as well. So thank you so much for letting us know. That's very cool. And thanks for listening.
1: Yes, thank you. And you can find us on Instagram or Twitter, where you can have conversations with us at Rebels Rebels Pod. Um, and you can always email the show with questions, comments, or to get involved at Rebels Pod at gmail.com. Yep.
0: I don't really have. I'm just gonna say, let's let's do better, Boba. Let's see. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm I'm gonna be optimistic. We know you can be great, and I really enjoyed the first couple, and so I'm hoping we're getting back to that.
1: Yeah. We we can do
0: it. Yeah. All right, everyone. Bye.